This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game, and we are going to continue our series on featuring InsureTechs. Today, I've got a local guy. I mean, I've never met Trace Meek, but he's literally right across the bridge from me, and I'm sure we've run, as I've already figured out, in many of the same circles over the course of our career. So it's good to meet you in person, man, or as much in person as COVID will allow. Yeah, very nice to meet you, David. So tell me what's going on, man. How uh, Give everybody sort of the 10,000-foot the overview of who you are. And, I mean, I know we're going to talk about Fetch, uh, your, your product that you've got out there. But, you know, we'll talk agency shop and things, too. Just sort of give them, sure. give them the uh, journey that you've been through. Sure. Uh, so about 12 years ago, I stepped into my agency that is now over 65 years old. Um, I'm the third-generation owner and about, let's say – Let's see, 2009, I, I kind of stepped in, got my license, and just started helping out around my office. And when I came into my office, it was a full-on paper office. Um, <laughs> and we had a management system, I guess you would call it, but it was more like just a fancy Rolodex online on the computer. And so I, I was kind of taken back by it, like, is this how things are done around here? And after some research, I finally figured out that we needed to take the office paperless and really get a real management system and use it because there would be stacks of people's files on their desk, you know, three, four feet high, and they'd be shouting back at each other, you know, do you have the, the, the Crothers file or the Smith file? Oh, I think I filed that back. And then they filed it back in the wrong place. And mm. I mean, we had client files that went back to like the 70s and 80s. So I told my father, who was running the agency at the time, that I was going to go paperless, and he kind of laughed at me. He's like, we have you know, 10, 15,000 files. There's no way we're going to do it. And I said, we're going to get it done in a year. Uh, ended up taking three, <laughs> three years, but it, it was a painful journey. But that was kind of my first real experience on uh, seeing how our industry is so kind of in the dinosaur age when it comes to certain things, especially when you're in a multi-generation office where you have no... Um, where you don't get to see a lot of the stuff that may be coming in new and you already have a preconceived idea 
of what it should yeah be. absolutely so it's funny we had um steve anderson and carrie wallace on the podcast yesterday to record about a new product that they have going into the marketplace and he was telling us in the interview that he took his first um paper he created his first paperless agency i want to say it was in like 1993 or 1994 wow and my first question is what did the file sizes on those scanned <laughs> files look like back then i can't even imagine because i mean scanning technology was nowhere near what it is today i mean now you can get a fujitsu scanner that you stick on your desk that'll do like crazy amounts per minute in terms of scanning both sides and it'll give you the ability to compress with the click of a mouse and all of that so it's certainly come a long way I, I don't necessarily envy you walking into that situation and having to fix it but you know i mean if you're looking at it from the perspective of cleaning up data and everything else probably uh touching every file and validating that it even needed to exist is a good place to start yeah, we found a lot of old files that didn't need to be around, that's for sure. So, and 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 talking about your the people you were interviewing at the last podcast, I wonder if they were doing like a microfiche type system, yeah. microfiche. <laughs> yeah. Remember that back in the day as Oh kids? yeah, I, you know, I didn't even think about that. It, it's very possible though. I mean, that I, I was still just I was just barely out of high school when he was doing that. And I know, you know, like when I graduated high school in 1991, the internet was not even a thing really. You know, no. it, it developed a little bit over the time I was in college my freshman year, but there wasn't any hardcore internet like there is today, that's for sure. And it was all dial up. And if you had call waiting and you didn't disable your call waiting and somebody dialed your number and the call waiting kicked in, then it would boot them off and, you know, just <laughs> one thing after the other. But um, so you've had the agency. What, what's going on with the agency today? Are you actively involved in that? Your day to day running the agency at this point? Most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. I purchased it from my family about three years ago and I'm so the hundred percent owner of the agency and we're just moving forward. And uh, I try to take as much as I can from automation to technology and, and really work it. And about three, four years ago, my mission has always been, because down here in Florida with all our hurricanes, that I wanted to have that ability where if my team needs to disperse across the country because we have a hurricane coming, that everyone could set up their computers and be able to do everything they need to do from their laptop. And so in that process, I was already had that all done. Everything's cloud. Everything runs through the computer. Even their um, phone is in the computer as a soft phone. I never thought it was going to happen during a pandemic. Well, I never thought about <laughs> a pandemic. But because of that, literally this time last year, I sent everyone home with their laptops and they haven't been back since. So, yeah, and, you know, we're the, exactly the same, man. Um, I'm relatively forward thinking in technology. I wish I could tell you that I was prophetic and why I was doing it. But truthfully, down here, I think you need to plan ahead, especially with hurricane season and everything else, because if there is an industry that you need to be available, if in a hurricane hits, it's ours, you know, aside from first responders. And so, um, you know, we didn't skip a beat, man. When COVID hit, it was literally just, we flicked a switch and everybody left in truth. I've got an office here um, in Brandon Valrico area. And then my other office is up in uh, Lando Lakes Lutes area, right off of uh, 54 in the Sun Coast. And I've not, I've been to that office one time since COVID hit. Yeah. And 
you know, we don't have any need at this point. Uh, I've got it. You know, my producers typically will go to that office because they all live closer to that area. And it's set up more like a landing strip than anything else with docking stations and dual monitors if they need it. But, um, you know, it, it, I don't think that we'll ever get back. This is the new normal for us. Everybody likes working remotely. I have zero complaints about productivity. And we've continued to put new business on the books like crazy. So... And Why I think it helps it? productivity in the sense that there's no travel time. People don't feel like they have to maybe get dressed up or, you know, have to come to the office. So, yeah, agreed. And uh, for sure, for sure. So, sorry. So, talk a little bit. So, I, we're in a unique market, and I'm, I'm, I, I've to be completely transparent. I've not seen fetch at all. Yep. So, I'm, I'm interested in sort of what led you to that idea and maybe talk a little bit about, you know, what the thought process is, what it does and who an ideal user would be for you. So about two and a half years ago, I stepped on a pipe on the ground and I rolled my left foot and broke my fifth metatarsal. Oh. And I was actually preparing for a swim meet and the next day and I sit down after I roll my foot on the pipe and I'm with a buddy of mine who happens to be a, a, a surgeon and he looks at it and he pushes on it and it hurt extremely bad. And he goes, yeah, you're not going to be able to walk on that. And I said, well, can I swim tomorrow in my meet? And he goes, Trace, you're not going to really be able to walk on it for a couple months. So I was pretty down about that. And so I'm laying on the couch. I got my foot up. I'm icing it down. And I turned to the wife and I said, honey, can you get me a beer? She goes... <laughs> It's 9 a.m. I said, I know, but what am I going to do with my time laying here all the time? I, I want something to do. And she goes, well, is there anything you've been really like wanting to do? And now that you have this downtime, you can do it. I said, I have this issue in my office and personal lines, mainly personal lines. And that is when it comes to underwriting risks, there isn't really a way um, a, a great way for agents to be able to look up data. So you, you'll get that shout across the office, who will write a pit bull? And then they'll go, oh, so-and-so carrier. And then they go, but, oh, it's got PEX plumbing. So that won't work. Well, and the roof is 16 years old. And th there has to be a better way to do this. And, and all I could really find is that people print out their guidelines and put it in a three-ring binder, or they try to build their own Excel spreadsheet. And the problem with Excel spreadsheets are, and unless you're really technically advanced, it, it, is making it really easy filter down, right? So it, there's not a way to search multiple things. So I called up a buddy of mine uh, who's built a bunch of websites for me, and he ended, up, he ended up becoming my CTO on this project. And I said, hey, can we build a system that takes these filters or these pieces of data and make it easy to search. And he says, we sure can. And so this was about, mm, let's see. He didn't tell March. you how much. <laughs> no, I gave, yeah. So <laughs> it was in March and we had June to launch it for the FAIA convention, which is our big state convention, as you know, in, in Florida. And I said, I want this ready to go in June. And I mean, we worked night and day getting the data, building the system. And I was like, this thing is just going to fly off the shelves. Well, we're now into our second year. We have over a thousand users. Wow. Um, Congratulations, man. That's thank awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And the amount of scenarios that our system can search is 
people don't even believe it, but if you take how many possible scenarios you can get from our system, it's like in the trillions that you could possibly make. I couldn't even begin to think about how to program that. I mean, the idea itself I might be able to come up with maybe on a good day, but to think about how to turn that into actual meat and potatoes that somebody can see on a, on a screen is phenomenal. So are you in all 50 states with the product at this point? So right now we're just in Florida. Um, okay, or- that's what I wondered. And I mean, I think for edification purposes, for the people that, that listen to this, they're all over the country. If you're going to pull this off anywhere, I got to believe Florida's the hardest place to do it. So for you to grow, I can't imagine it would be a horrible experience if you're going to take this, you know, national. You've been in the game a lot longer than I have, especially with regard to, um, you know, personal lines. I don't do a ton of personal lines in my agency. I just feel like we have so many carriers that are almost all the same except for Correct. one little tweak, right? Like all these demo tech A-rated carriers are basically, to me, they feel, and you know, self-admittedly uneducated as far as the personal lines end of things. They just, they all touch and feel the same except for one little thing here, one little thing there. This person will take a, a certain breed of dog, whereas the other one won't or whatever else. And it sounds like you figured out a way to just basically make all that. So go pretty away. much in our system, you cha- you pick home and you put the address in, it'll populate it. And then it'll give you the filters. You check off those couple filters. It actually will pull the property data information, screenshot of the house and show you exactly the carriers that'll write it. And and it's literally mm. takes 30 seconds to do. So we took something that can take someone 15 minutes to maybe an hour a day and combined it into just a 30 second search. Mm. And, and yes, solid. we are going nationwide, which is part of the reason I you know, reached out to you and, and was hoping to be a part of your podcast. So thank you so much, is that we need just the underwriting guidelines. So if somebody sends us the underwriting guidelines, we right. can add in the system. And we've had people in New York, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia and Texas uh, and Connecticut reach out to me. And they're starting to send that data over. And we're now updating the system as we go. That's awesome. So from a user interface standpoint, the agents that are using your product right now, what's the the ones who are the most successful with it? What are they doing? Like how and here's where I'm going with that. I know that sounds sort of an abstract question. In my mind, I'm thinking if I could have a fillable form on my website that I gather the information that's variable on any homeowner's policy that I could potentially quote and I could have that form information dump into my CRM and then somehow push it out to your software product, it would narrow down and I don't have to worry about having a personal lines rater for home because now I know the exact best carrier from a coverage standpoint, which is what we're always going to recommend and I can just go in there and quote it. So you're asking if it connects to the ra- connects to a rater. I mean, I'm just I'm just wondering how they. So I'm wondering how if I'm a if I'm a brand new agent, which I'm sure that a lot of people listening to this aren't using your product because the majority of the people who listen to us are not even in Florida. Um, you know, if they were to get started with this, is this? And I I also understand the cynical nature of my peer group of not wanting to have to put data into multiple places. So what's the stream, how, how do you streamline what you're doing from a, a data intake to putting it through your system to ultimately getting it into right. a, a quoting engine? The, the thing about our system is, is all you have to do is populate the address, put the address in and it's got the form fill. 
like we try to make it as simple as possible. Nice. Like I still don't know how the carriers still make you tab into each form and put in the city, state, and zip <laughs> when Google has a perfectly good product to make it populate. So we do that. It pulls the data, and then you just click the three or four filters, which just takes a couple seconds, and then boom, there's the information of the carriers that would possibly write the risk. So we want to minimize the amount of data you have to put in. So it really doesn't take it, – it's more of a complementary piece kind of to the Raider. Yeah, that, make, that actually makes way more sense. I thought you were having to put – you know, a re answer a reasonable number of questions to be able to know, like, what kind of dog does this person have? Do they have a trampoline or not? Is there a diving board or a, you know, those are all things that most people won't write anyhow. So that pretty much excludes everybody. But that that's where my head was. So it's interesting to know that you can pull the data points just based on the address and just have a couple of filters checked and boom, yeah, you've got and As an agency owner and dealing with producers and understanding this process, being as simple as possible was really important. We we took a very complicated system and made it simple on the front end for the user. It's yeah, complicated it on the like back it. end, easy for the user on the front end. So we, especially in Florida right now, if the carrier is willing to write it, it's probably one you should quote it with. And it's probably not, it's going to be a few. Right. If you, the more filters you choose, the less likely the carrier is going to write it. Yeah, and I mean, to that point, anybody who reaches out complaining about the fact they've had a 20 or 30% increase on their homeowners this year, I tell them they can't sign the buying order yeah. on that fast enough. Just pay Just get it. it. Don't even pay bother it. shopping <laughs> it around. Pay it and call it a day, man. It's it's absolutely nuts here right now. So um, from the carrier side of things, uh, I'm assuming this isn't, you know, this isn't anything where you're needing to have access to their system for anything. So you didn't have to go get any kind of permission or anything to program their appetite into the back end of your site. So you could really deal with anybody as long as you knew what their and appetite most of the was, stuff correct? is public knowledge on the OIR website. I mean, you can go right. pull it and find it. Um, it, it. It's just finding the carriers that the agents want in the system, right? Because there can be a ton of underwriting guidelines for carriers that aren't even probably writing right now. So... That's why the underwriting guidelines mm -hmm. help get us kind of a, a base to get going and to figure it out. And the funny part is I've called on carriers that I'm not even appointed with and asked them underwriting questions, and they answer them for me over the phone. So it, how many carriers do we even have in Florida that are writing right now? I mean, it seems like half of them have already pulled out. And people say they've pulled out. They've just really tightened their uh, requirements, you know, so they want 2010 or newer homes. They want 10 or year, 10 year old roofs or less, you know, they want really good risks. So they haven't completely really pulled out of the state. I haven't seen yet, but they are trying starting to change their guidelines for sure. We've made 86 updates in the past 30 days in fetch. Oh, wow. So what's the feedback you're hearing from your users? The time savings. I'd have to say is the biggest and, and the frustration of keeping up with the guidelines and trying to update their own um, Excel spreadsheets. I had a lady call that did a search and one of the carriers um, said that they would write it the home with a trampoline. And she said she talked to her underwriter and the underwriter said, no, they won't write trampolines. And I said, well, let me check. So I checked with the head um, with my rep. I checked the guidelines. I checked the manuals and everything. And they all said, yes, they'll write a trampoline. So I got in this kind of inter interesting discussion with her. And we came to the conclusion, she asked the question to the underwriter, do you insure a trampoline? And that wasn't the, the, the what the 
underwriter knew. The underwriter knew, yeah, we'll insure the house. We just won't insure the liability of the trampoline, but we'll write the risk. So it's very confusing Mm. when you do this back and forth and you got, you know, a hundred underwriters and they're all kind of not listening to the questions. Um, So that's what makes our system just so much simpler is that we do a lot of the research for you and make sure that the answer is correct when you go use the system. And if it's not, if it's not, we go and try to hunt it down and make sure why. Interesting. So you've got a thousand users, you know, how many more users do you have the opportunity to pick up in Florida? And when are you looking to, what's your next state? Well, we got, I mean, there's, according to the website of licenses that have 220s or 220s and 440s, I think there's over 200,000 agents in this, that have a Florida license. Um, I, mm. I love to pick up as many as I possibly can and, and have this be a, a service for them that really helps them out. We would like to move more into the coastal states because we're finding that those also have difficult underwriting criteria. I know sometimes out in the Midwest and stuff, there's only maybe a handful of carriers that an agent has, and they're pretty much spot on, and they never really change the underwriting guidelines. It's our experience. So we're, we're looking. And their premiums are insanely low. I don't even know how my friends I in agree. Ohio make a living. I agree. So, yeah, and we, we've gotten a pay raise this year in Florida for sure with the increases, but it also gets the headaches. You know, Alabama's gotten really rough too. You know, my friend mm-hmm. Bradley Flowers is there in, in the Mobile area, and they're just getting crushed with with what they're doing. I mean, I, it may even be tougher in that part of the country than it yeah. is in Florida. And, and again, if, if they're listening out there, Go to you know go to my website, check it out, send me an email, send me your guidelines. I love to put them in and get, and, and get it going in your state for sure. Oh, and it's it's pretty inexpensive, Dave. It's forty seven dollars a month for the first user, and ten dollars for each additional user. Good grief, man! That's extremely economical. I can. I, I don't know who wouldn't get their money back on that investment every month, knowing what it takes to go through and um, rate something. You know, we use QuoteRush mm-hmm. for our rater, and it's it's reasonably quick. But good grief, man! If we could eliminate the need to go in and deal with all of that nonsense and narrow it down and just go to one carrier to to key this stuff in, I think that it it changes the game because the one thing I've noticed about these different raters too is it's still double data entry. I mean, you go, you put it into the Raider and you got to go back in and clean it up anyhow. So I'd rather have the efficiency of touching stuff once or as little as possible instead of, you know, taking it from one to the other. So, I mean, I don't, I'm not necessarily advocating that you're replacing what a Raider does, but you're helping people make intelligent decisions without having to go through that whole Raider process. And even then when you go into a Raider and you get information back, it doesn't necessarily mean that the company is going to write the risk depending on what the parameters are that are in there. So you could go through that whole process for absolutely no reason. Well, that's no the reason. difference between a Raider and us. A Raider's just rating it. We're underwriting the risk for you. And underwriting, you know, a an electrical panel isn't a rating factor when it comes to coming up with a premium. So yep. you can have these great premiums over here in the Raider, but those carriers might not write your risk. So we're really hoping... Um, that this, you do this first, and if it gives you those three or four carriers, that then you just check those carriers off to quote, and it helps some of the systems kind of like quote rush, quote faster. So you're not quoting 25 carriers knowing that 15 of them aren't going to matter. Right. 
Well, it also helps your hit ratios too with the carriers. They have to appreciate that because you're not submitting business that there was never a chance they were going to write. I mean, I, I want my close ratio to be as high as it possibly can. So I only want to go to the places that have a realistic correct. shot. Correct, correct. So that's that's interesting, man. I mean, I th I think that um, I definitely see the need for it and am really intrigued. I mean, sign me up. You know, I mean, seriously, I need to have you get in touch with Raphael so that we can get this put in place immediately over here. The one thing I know about Florida right now is literally everybody's shopping. It doesn't matter who it is. These people are getting their renewals. And, you know, I joke about it and say, if your renewal is 20, 30%, just sign it and get on with it. But people are shopping, man. And, you know, when that happens, you do uncover things that they didn't realize were in existence, like missing coverage or, um, you know, any number of, of factors that we could run into. So, you know, having the ability to streamline the process and, and have you intelligently interact with the carriers that are the best fit for the risk makes all the sense in the and world. As we update the guidelines in our system, we built a library of guidelines. So you actually go in and you appoint the carriers you're appointed with and then your digital guideline library. So it becomes your digital three ring binder is now sits all in one nice little location that you can access from your phone, from your computer, and you can pull up that information in that guideline. Don't print them. I, I, you know, the environment we, with the changes of these carriers and we're printing pages every day, I think we found out that if we took the thousand users we have over just the past six months, if they had printed every guideline that they were appointed with, it would be 90 feet tall in paper, in reams of paper. And so mm. it's just what a waste of, of money and, and and not needing to do it, you know, again, back to being paperless. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because i how old I'm are you 41 okay so you're younger than i am by a little bit but i was i was talking to Cass about this earlier today and you know we need to adopt technologies and things like this we're in a dinosaur industry you know we talk about the old guard and one of the things we talked about was the fact that the insurance industry by and large is male pale and stale and we're not getting you know feedback from different demographics um, or even different age bands and one of the things that I've been able to do in my agency that's helped me a ton is bring in college interns every summer and have them come in and literally I learn as much from the college interns as I could ever teach them. I'm going to show them how to market and build build a business and all of the things that, that we have them do and we have them go through and do real projects um, It's it, that we put into place. But it, it's the other conversations about how would you do this? How would you do that? And I don't think that the insurance industry by and large has enough of those conversations. And even if they do, People are asking the question to check the box. They're not actively listening to what this person's, uh, you know, advice is. And I think that, you know, if we're not willing to adapt and look at changing the way we do things, we're eventually just going to be rendered extinct, to be quite honest. I have uh, my my big kind of push or, or what really changed my mind about the going paperless was the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss. You know, I read that book and I embraced it. I still have the original one, which got wet. It's it's beat up and I still go back to that and I still learn new things. And I think you, you have to start to embrace and listen to what other people are saying, even if they sounded crazy. And th those were some crazy ideas back then when he wrote that book. Absolutely. I've, I need to read it. Honestly, I haven't. I've heard plenty of people who have. And I mean, I went through this funny, probably like a month ago, I went through this big uh 
deal where I needed to figure out, okay, what am I going to read the rest of the year? Because we had Daniel Song come on the podcast and he talked about reading for 10 minutes a day. And if you do that, you can finish basically a book a month or 10 pages a day. Maybe you're finishing at least a book a month that way. So I went on to Amazon and I've got like two dozen books sitting on my desk at the house right now, but I've, I've done good about getting through them. And that's one that I definitely need to add. I just, it, it's interesting. I just wrapped up. They ask you answer by Marcus Sheridan, which I should have read that when it came out, but Sometimes I get lucky, man. I was amazed at how much of the stuff he talks about in that book that we just sort of stumbled into and we're already doing in the agency. It was pretty, mm-hmm. pretty uh, comforting to know that's the case. But what else are you reading? I mean, besides uh, Four Hour Work Week, that's a great recommendation, and I'm going to write it down right now so I don't forget. The other book that really has moved me as an entrepreneur and just somebody is it's an older book, Sam Walton Made in America. Uh, it. I carry that book with me everywhere because I learned so much. It doesn't matter where you, what time of the world you're in. It's it's how you're being innovative and how you're doing things. I mean, Sam Walton would go knock on the door of his competitors and ask them questions, you know, about their their Ben Franklin stores or their not their you know their five and dime stores, and and they would give him information. You know, people people want to share. You just have to be wanting to ask. And I think that was one of the things. And when Sam Walton opened up one of his first uh, Walmarts, he decided to put all these um, watermelons by the street and he was going to have horse rides for the kids. Well, it ended up being a huge, hot, miserable day. And the watermelons were exploding and and the horses had diarrhea and it was all running down the street. So as we go in our lives as insurance agents or entrepreneurs and everything we do and we think no one has it this bad. People have gone through a lot of stuff to get to where they are today. So that always helps me keep motivated for sure. That's why I don't have horse rides or watermelons out front. I Listen, I don't <laughs> blame you. It, and you're right. I mean, I think sometimes we get caught up so much in our own struggles, we don't realize how good we have it. I was joking because I don't have air conditioning in the office today. That's the least of my concerns. You know, I could have probably easily called out and gone home. And I don't consider myself an American hero because I sat and worked in the heat. But, you know, you think about stuff like that. Think about how many times people run into things. And I'm sure you ran into it as you were building your product that you, you hit a roadblock. You hit a snag and you can't really, you know, you can't really do what you need to do when you need to do it. And you want to pull your hair out. You get frustrated, but you just suck it up and you push through realizing that there's something on on the other end of that and a part of that's having the vision of what you believe in and visualizing that success just because you visualize success doesn't mean you visualize the entire roadmap to get there you know as long as you can keep your eye on the end game you know and you believe in that and you believe that that's what your destiny is and where you should go wholeheartedly all the other stuff is just temporary in my opinion and i mean it's so different than starting an agency from scratch now you're i'll be honest with you man i would rather start an agency from scratch than walk into a 65 year old agency with minimal technology and immediately, you know, files that are decades old and all of that, you know, and I'm not, I didn't figure it all out. I've got my own set of issues that I have to deal with every day, but thank God that I wasn't having to go in and clean up legacy stuff while I'm trying to make forward progress, because that's got to be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. I went to go cancel a contract that we had with a, a vendor and no one could find the file here. And I called the vendor. The vendor's like, that contract was signed in 1999. Mm. No one has, like, that. that's what happens if you don't start, you know, digitizing and archiving everything you have. Eventually, no one knows where anything is. 
I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, listen, I want to be respectful of your time. I'm happy to give you the floor. Tell them anything that you want them to know about Fetch Underwriting that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, so Fetch, you know, it's it's a simple product built to help agents really underwrite the risks, right? So you choose the home, you put the address in, it pulls the property data from the property appraisers, shows you the carriers, and then gives you about 14 or 15 filters uh, that you can choose from. The ones that we feel that nine out of 10 times are the ones you're looking for. And then once you choose that, it'll show you the carrier. So let's say you get three or four carriers. We have profile buttons for each one. So you can actually click and go right into their website uh, to log in. You can get the guidelines directly from that profile. We also have the phone numbers for underwriting. So it's kind of an all-in-one Rolodex three-ring binder right there on your computer that you can access anywhere. So and with, with the world changing the way they are, this is a great way to keep up with the information. So for them to get a demo or to see it, I'm assuming that you have a recorded demo or something on the website, or is it a deal where they need to sign up and they'll do it live? Yeah. It, and it's really, it, it's like a five minute demo that I would do. And I, I usually like to do them uh, because I like to help them kind of answer their questions personally. And they can go to the website, fetchuw.com, F-E-T-C-H-U-W.com. They can sign up for a seven day trial, try it out. And then there's some stuff all about it on the main website. And we just updated our 5.0. So we're working on getting the the, the demo video up. So Solid. And the what's the website? Uh, fetchuw.com. Fetchuw.com. Fetchuw.com, people. You heard it from the man himself. It sounds like you could probably afford to hire three more people by all the time you're going to save, if I had to guess. Yeah. All the redundancy and everything taken out. And by the way, for everybody out there who would love to have a product like this at their disposal, make sure you're reaching out to Trace and letting him know where you're at. Send him some carrier guidelines and let him start building out other states. This is something that should not be contained to the state of Florida. So you coastal people in the Carolinas and Georgia and in all the Gulf Coast and Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas – no excuses. You're going to have everybody shopping just like we are. Help this man get this thing populated so he can help you. The other thing too, um, Dave, is um, – sorry, I'm, I'm pulling it up now. The The underwriting information is pulled from the guidelines, and the guidelines are stored in here so that all that is for everyone to see. The difference is between this and the Raider, though, is that the Raider doesn't necessarily rate all policy types like dp1 dp3s mm -hmm. ho6s correctly so this is a way to be able to see all your guidelines and all your policy types searched at the same time man that is that's awesome i don't even want to con contemplate the investment that you've made but it is an investment and not an expense because you're going to get a return on this and you're helping a lot of people in the process I appreciate you coming on, man. I look forward to getting Thank this you. out to everybody, and I will do everything I can to help you be successful, and that includes me reaching out to my personal lines guy the second I get off of this and having him go to your website and sign up. So I appreciate you taking time out of your day-to-day -to, -day to come on, and uh, you. unless you got anything else, man, let's wrap it. That's it. Have a great day. Thank you so much for having me on. So there's always a first time for everything, and we had finished recording, and then 
I started talking to Trace, and he's got this other awesome site that literally everybody should know. So I wanted to make sure that I got this out to you guys um, while I still had him on the line. So talk a little bit about your other site quick, and then we'll wrap up. Sure. I built a site called insurancedailynews.com. And the reason I built it was I just feel like every time I'm looking for insurance information, it's very complicated between all the magazines and and blogs and information that Google or Bing can't really find it when I'm looking for it because it's it's not really looking for actual news of insurance. So what I did is I put I aggregated all the data in one place and created insurancedailynews.com has about 20 to 25 uh, periodicals. So it's got Insurance Business Magazine, it's got IA Magazine, it's got InsureTech News, Insurance News Magazine, Insurance Journal, and uh, National Underwriter, Property Casualty 360, Rough Notes. So I can go on and on and on. And then I was like, I see a lot on Facebook, people asking, who has a great insurance podcast? So now I added podcast on there. So there's like an additional 20 podcasts. So this thing is checking every, I believe, 15 minutes for new podcasts and new articles, spits it in there. You sign up. It'll give you the top 10 articles every morning that people are reading. So check it out. And then once a week, it'll tell you the top 10 read for the week. And I built this just to make it easy for agents to have one location. We even have a special COVID page that shows all the COVID information about insurance and all the stats. And it's searchable. So you can type in a word of something you're looking for. Like, let's say you're looking for health insurance, and it'll search the articles for everything. Uh, We've had millions of hits on it, and we have tons of searches. So you check it out. Man, that is solid in that it will be the very next place that I go after I have Raphael call you or go to your website and visit uh, fetchuw.com. Thanks for sharing that, man. Thanks for putting that together. I mean, I can't imagine that that was something that was necessarily easy, but to provide a resource like that for our peer group, that that's solid and much appreciated. We have 52,000 articles in there and 2,200 podcasts so far, and we've had 1.8 million clicks this year. So we are wow. we are cranking with it. So enjoy it. Use it. It's free. I just wanted a place for my agents and my agent friends to be able to read these articles and be the most, most up-to-date on what's going on in the industry. That's awesome, man. That is great. Thanks so much for sharing. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Dave. Yes, sir. Absolutely. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com.